There we go. So wanted to say thank you, Yang. This guided meditation was a lovely way to maybe feel our way into this next section of the sutta about the simile of the raft. Probably many of you have heard of the simile of the raft. It's kind of one of those little shorthands that we're often using in the teachings. Sometimes this idea of the second arrow, quote unquote, we kind of use that as a shorthand for, you know, we use a simile to mean all kinds of things. In the same way, this idea of abandoning the raft, don't, don't carry the raft with you. So maybe I'd like to unpack this a little bit, this, uh, Part of the sutta. I'll just uh, read the beginning where the Buddha is saying to the monastics, I shall show you how the Dharma is similar to a raft, being for the purpose of crossing over, not for the purpose of grasping. And then he continues and says, suppose a person in the course of a journey saw a great expanse of water whose near shore was dangerous and fearful, and whose further shore was safe and free from fear. But there was no ferry boat or bridge for going to the far shore. I think um, in contemporary times, or at least I'll speak for myself, I often am not worried about how I'm going to cross a river or a large expanse of water, right? In contemporary times, we have bridges, we have boats, uh, I'm here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm regularly crossing the bridge and I don't give any thought about it. But in ancient India, and the Buddha was teaching in the Gangetic Plain where there's you know, a number of rivers that would regularly flood during the monsoon season, we can imagine that this is something that would have been really um, meaningful and uh, relevant to people who were listening to this. But I'd like to maybe uh, unpack this a, a little bit. One way that we might understand this um, standing on the near shore that is dangerous and seeing a large expanse of water. It doesn't say that it's dangerous, but in my mind, it's a, 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 a flood or a river that's... Uh, moving quickly, that is problematic. You can't just wade across. And to see that there is a possibility somewhere else in which there isn't this danger. So the Buddha is saying, I'll show you how the Dharma is similar to a raft. I would say maybe this whole simile, one way, there's a number of different ways we can interpret this, but one way is how this is kind of like the arc of practice. That is, in the beginning, we notice, oh yeah, there's dukkha. There's dukkha here on this side, where I am on this side of the shore. And for so many of us, this is how we found our way to practice is because of some suffering. And then not only are we have dukkha here on this shore, but what's in front of us too, this great expanse of water, is also dukkha. We can't find our way through. It feels impenetrable. So we find ourselves feeling stuck. And maybe we have noticed, it seems that some uh, times there isn't dukkha. 
or there's less dukkha, suffering, dissatisfaction, distress. So we can recognize that uh, it's possible to have less suffering, but it's not experiencing it right now. Of course, you might be recognizing there is dukkha, the first noble truth. There is, the, the, there is a place in which there isn't dukkha, or at least less or none that we can see, the third noble truth. And then one way that we might understand these, um, this great expanse of water is as a flood. And elsewhere in the suttas and in a number of places, the Buddha talks about this idea of crossing the flood. And the flood is... Um, maybe actually I'll start by um, saying what Ajahn Suchito says about this idea of crossing the flood. And uh, he writes, an interest in deep change gets triggered by the feeling of being swept along by events, by the sense of being overwhelmed by, being overwhelmed by and even going under the tide of worries, duties, and pressures. So he's describing the floods as worries, duties, and pressures. And then crossing them is about coming through to find that firm ground. And then Ajahn Suchito writes, it takes some work, some skill, but we can do it. So he's pointing to this idea there can be a raft that can carry us to the other side. And in um, the simile of the raft, there is the... Maybe I'll back up and say just a little bit more about the floods. So classically in uh, early Buddhism, they define the floods as um, grasping to sensuality, grasping to a sense of existence, having ignorance, and um, grasping to views. So these are the four ways in which we might find ourselves feeling overwhelmed or um, feel like that we're going to get uh, subsumed or submerged uh, within some difficulties. And you might recognize that as the second noble truth. So the, the, the flood is the second noble truth. So back to the simile, the person is, uh, they build a raft. But interestingly, they build a raft by using leaves, twigs, twigs, branches, and grass. So they're using just what's there on a riverbank. They're not like going elsewhere to find it. They're using exactly what their experience is. And we might uh, imagine that they're weaving it together, these different elements, grasses, leaves, twigs, and branches. And we might consider, well, in the same way, we can weave together sila samadhi panya, uh, ethics, mental development, and wisdom to be a raft, to be a way that uh, carries us or can support us, create a foundation in which we might not be subsumed under all these uh, difficulties that we find ourselves in. And then as uh, Ying pointed out in the guided meditation, it's not enough so much that we um, create this raft we don't just sit on it. No, we kind of like go out into the difficulties, the, these floods, and we paddle with our hands and feet. That is, we use some effort. And of course, there's a lot of uh, similes 
and uh, teachings about how to use effort, how to paddle with one's hands and feet using the foundation of Sila Samadipanya or the Eightfold Path, like we might say. And then we, um, then there's this, when we get to the other side where there's some greater safety, there might be this inquiry, okay, well, this has been really helpful for me this raft. So now I'm going to hoist it on my head or load it on my shoulders and uh, carry it around and so that I can go wherever I want to go. But you can't go wherever you want to go when you have a raft that you're carrying with you. You can't go into jungles. You can't go um, very far, maybe, or I'm sure there's limits to where you can go when you're carrying one of these on top of your head. So kind of highlights that carrying the raft is burdensome and limits what's available to us. And instead, the Buddha encourages us in this simile to say if we're using a raft properly is to, this is, I think it's interesting. He says uh, to use the raft properly is to hold it onto land. So maybe we need it later. Maybe it is appropriate to portage because we know that there's some other uh, bodies of water coming up. Or to let's say adrift on the water. That is to just release it once we get to the other side, of course, right? When we're no longer needing it. So maybe to like to kind of like take a bird's eye view then of this uh, simile of the raft is first to notice Notice there's dukkha here. There's dukkha straight ahead with the water, the grasping to these things. And also notice that the far shore doesn't have dukkha. Maybe that's where we kind of like start with our meditation practice or our dharma practice. And then to cultivate, develop skills, practices, build a raft and use this foundation, these things that we've been cultivating to convey us to a place of greater safety, greater ease, with effort, to effort to cultivate what's wholesome, uh, not to cultivate what's not wholesome. And then an important part is also to release, release the raft. But there's so much, a big part of practice is also releasing. This is just as important as developing and cultivating. We also need to be releasing, letting go. So, this might be one way, it's not the only way. It might be one way in which we can understand this simile of the raft. And the way that um, Bhikkhu Nanamoli and Bhikkhu Bodhi translate uh, the Pali here, it kind of fits in with this. But maybe I want to say a little bit briefly, and this is something that I wouldn't say if I were giving a Dharma talk, but I would say in the context of study and practice, that is that this last sentence is a little bit controversial. And you wouldn't know this if you didn't know the underlying Pali. So it's uh, because Nanamoli and Bodhi say, when you know the Dhamma to be similar to a raft, you should abandon even the teachings, how much more so things contrary to the teachings. That makes perfect sense. And it fits in with the story of a Ritta who's holding on to the teachings or the snake that you're grasping from the wrong end. But the word here uh, for the teachings is Dhamma. 
but it's in plural, dhamma, maybe we would say. And the things contrary to the teachings is a dhamma. So plural, non-dharmas. And scholars and practitioners from many different schools of Buddhism, all within early Buddhism, translate this dhammas plural. Usually we don't see dhamma plural. We would do um, this first version, uh, the sentence, when you know the dharma, the dhamma, to be similar to a raft, that's singular. And then it comes down here, even the teachings plural. So this is the same word, but uh, plural. So different people have said, well, actually, this is referring to things. You let go of things. Some people have said, no, actually, you're letting go of mental objects. And some people have said, well, maybe teaching, teachings, singular, plural, and they have different uh, particular teachings that you should do. So, and some people use this as a reference to um, say, well, even like morality, you should let go of sila, samadhi, and panya. So there's no morality that's needed, no ethics that's needed for awakened people. People have reached the far shore. And of course, we wouldn't agree with that. And there's plenty of cases in the suttas where the Buddha talks about even with awakening, there's this eightfold path. So maybe I'll point then to help us kind of understand what is meant here is we can look to other places in the suttas where the raft is uh, referenced. And in uh, Samyutta Nikaya 35 to 38, that it says explicitly, the great expanse of water is a designation for their four floods. The near shore is a designation for identity that is clinging to a sense of I'm here or having a sense of self. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in further classes. The further shore is Nibbana. The raft is the Eightfold Path. And making effort with hands and feet is a designation for the rousing of energy. You know, that is uh, doing effort. So, and then there's some other uh, places where this raft uh, is used. And one is in Majjama 38, section 14. And where the um, Buddha is saying, if you adhere to this view, cherish it, treasure it, and treat it as a possession, would you then understand that the Dharma has been taught as similar to a raft, being for the purpose of crossing over, not for the purpose of grasping? So here specifically, the Buddha is saying that what you let go of is a view. And then maybe I'll end with one last scholar. He's looked at this and thinking about it in the context of our sutta, Majjama 22, that maybe this dhammas and adhammas, non-dhammas, means things that exist, dhammas, and non-things, that is, things that don't exist, is what shouldn't be grasped. And maybe that makes more sense when we look at the next section, which uh, David is going to talk a little bit about. Thank you. Well, thank you, Diana. That was a beautiful. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't even get it with <laughs> That was a beautiful exposition. 
it could be any of us. We're just opening now to some um, questions or comments about really any of the material today. Uh, yeah, anything that's on your mind at this point. If you can't see my... Oh, there you speak? are, Steve. Yes, oh, please thank go you. ahead. I, I put a couple of resources... I'm hearing echo. Is that, uh, I'm, I put a couple of resources in the chat. And uh, one of them was uh, uh, a, a Dharma talk by Tanisa Robiku with a, a PDF version of that as well. He talks about the um, twigs and branches there as the five aggregates and saying that um, the point here is that sometimes the twigs and branches are meaningless and something we should let go of. And at other times they constitute the path itself and have to be held on to at least for the purposes of crossing over. Um, we, and, and that came to mind with what we Ying was saying that it's for crossing over and not for grasping, but we do have to grasp it to get over. We can't let go of that raft while we're paddling. We, we have to stay balanced on it. We have to hold on to it. And so he says the, the aggregates, we should never disrespect them. We should never um, underestimate them. Sometimes they're necessary. Uh, sometimes they're, we should just let go. Great. Thank you. Yeah. It's a very evocative image. <clears throat> um, Aditi, your hand is up. Yeah, thank you. So uh, I was looking for some examples of uh, Diane, what you sent towards the end, things that are and things that are not. Like, could it be like Dukkha, mental formations, and all these ideas we have? Are they examples of things that don't exist or? Yeah, yeah. So I was I was thinking in mind when the talk that David's going to do, and it's not actually today, it's the next class, but I had it in my mind that it was now. So um, we'll be talking about this a little bit more, so things that exist and don't exist. But one way that I think the sutta is pointing to, maybe if I could steal the punchline or the thunder, is a, um, a self. We're, we cling to an idea of a self. And I'm here at the center and we have to spend so much energy and effort to prop this up and protect it, this self of ours. So, but there's, there's lots so much that has been written about this and scholars and practitioners love to kind of, what exactly are we letting go of? Yeah, there's a section later in this sutta that specifically says there can be agitation about that which does not exist. So this could be a reference. Um, so many layers that we unpack through this. It's quite beautiful. I also noticed that there was a um, question in the chat from Nicholas. Um, yes, that was to everyone. So the these two steps of correct grasping seem to be a subset of the steps in the Chanki Sutta. Yes, this is MN95 for those of you who want to look it up. Uh, I was also reminded of this Sutta as I was reading MN22 about how the Buddha was instructing 
the monks in this one. And these, um, there's the, sort of the core of the teachings in MN95 is uh, a set of 12 steps that a person goes through, beginning with placing faith in a teacher and then all the way up through awakening or at least, uh, at least stream entry. And they go through, um, uh, before one begins to practice, there's a step where one hears the teachings, reflects on the meaning, and then gains a reflective acceptance. And then what that conditions is um, uh, zeal. <laughs> zeal springs up and the person is interested in practice. So my sense is that um, this one in MN22 is not meant to be you know, the, the complete version. It's just a subset. It's at that stage where we haven't fully engaged the teachings and gained that experiential understanding. So it might be that Arita is... Um, you know, he's uh, still at the stage where he's working a lot with his mind, just thinking about things, intellectualizing, philosophizing, all of that. And um, so the Buddha's working more at that stage. But the implication is certainly that we would then begin to practice and start to have an experiential understanding. So, yes, there are some resonances between MN22 and MN95. Oh, so we should... Um, Maybe pass it on then to David to wrap up. We're getting close to the end here. Yeah, I'll say a couple things by way of homework assignment with a wink and a smile, and then pass it to Ying for for closing. But we don't we don't we don't give homework. But what I would suggest, because I think it might be stimulating and, and help sort of hold everything, all the rich things that have come up today, is let me think, it would be like a self-proctored open book exam. And, you know, and we'll make it easy. How's that? And it would just go like this. Review the sections of the sutta that, that, that treat these two similes that present them. And something that hasn't come up at all today might be an interesting way to think about them, um, which is how are they related? Maybe they just fall in here randomly. That does happen in the suttas and it's part of the sutta study, but maybe maybe they're related. Um, so I'll just leave you with that teaser. But so self-proctored open book exam is the homework. Just take a look back over the tests, uh, the, the texts and uh, yeah, you know, reconsider, see how this, see how the similes fall, maybe feel it in the body a bit, uh, bring it down as we did in the guided and the uh, breakout room. And um, how are they related? Ying. Well, I get to uh, uh, gather together everything uh, that um, that has happened in the last um, hour and a half. Um, so in this last few moments, uh, maybe just to have a deep sense of respect for yourself, this body, this mind, this being here. Uh, much gratitude. And maybe having a sense of respect and deep bowing to each other. and Something like a 40-ish of us um, engaging in the study and the practice of the teachings. And finding our way to deepen our understanding, deepen, deepen our knowing. And, and evoking wisdom and kindness in us.
So may all this goodness that occurred in this meeting, this class, in your practice, may it benefit all beings. Thank you for being here, and you can all unmute and say bye and <laughs> or hello <laughs> to everyone. Thank well, you. Some voices. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thursday. Bye, everyone. Thursday. Take care, everyone. Thank you all. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Elizabeth. Bye. 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 Hey, Charlie. Bye, Charlie. Oh, wait, 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 I have to unmute.